something is wrong, and it's time to stand up. You are listening to The John Aid Show. Trust no one. Trust no one. Trust no one. You found it. You're here. You're headlong down the runaway train that is the Anomic Age. And I'm your host, John Age. Happy to be back with you once again. Coming at you in the wee hours of the a.m. It's just a little after 1. It's 1.08 to be specific. <laughs> Quite apropos. An excellent hardcore band, which I could not possibly recommend enough. 1.08 is awesome. Always wanted to see him, never did. Nevertheless, check it out. Anomicage.com. Share those links, friends, family, loved ones, and enemies. Like all the likes. Subscribe to all the subscriptions, ladies and gentlemen. PayPal.me forward slash Anomicage. Patreon.com forward slash Anomicage as well. If you can do no more, you can do that. You can make a donation. You can become a patron. Either or both of which would help me out considerably. So please consider becoming a patron or making that one-time or multiple-time donation at the aforementioned. PayPal.me forward slash Anomic Age. Patreon.com forward slash Anomic Age as well. And I know very well that you can, from whatever platform you happen to be listening to and or watching this on, it's in the show description on every single video. Pardon me. I know it's also on uh, all the links. So, please, check it out. Free newsletter, iPhone app, Android app. That's all free. Thanks to me. Actually, thanks to me. So, um, please consider becoming a patron and making that donation, folks. It ain't free on my end. Guaranteed, it ain't free on mind. So much to get into this evening. I really wanted to just have this episode be nothing more than a media blitz. Media blitz. Just like that old germ song, media blitz. Because I sort of compiled so much news from all these various aggregates out there that I got a ton of news to talk about. Just a ton of news to talk about. But um, I'm going to try my best to get into that swiftly so we'll have some time at the end to get into, uh, I don't know, perhaps what it's all about, which is, of course, the marketing of death. <laughs> Always uplifting titles, but if you don't like the title or don't quite it, find it as uplifting as you may, I think the um, the image is kind of... Apropos, don't give up. You're not alone. You matter. You do. I think I've said that on so many episodes, and it is so integral to all that we do as uh, <clears throat> those uh, <laughs> those cogs in the machine, those squeaky wheels that get the greasing. Yeah, that's what we all need to be. But first, we have to understand that we do matter. 
We do make a difference, and we can make a difference out there. So, if you're not uh, checking out the image for this episode, give it a whirl. I think it's kind of, kind of nice. All right, so much to get into. It's the power of marketing. The power of marketing, people. And this shows you some uh, oldies but goodies. Nico Times cigarettes. The smooth taste expectant mothers crave. Oh, yeah. They sure do. And that old image from the early 1900s is juxtaposed to a rather sad image of our contemporary toilet bowl. And it shows a pregnant woman getting shot up with her old her old Psyop 19 Vaxivax. You got to take it, baby, or you might just uh you might not be accepted in society. So, in case you were wondering how are they marketing death? Well, they've been marketing death for a long time. I mean, if we want to look in the historical context, you got to go to Edward Bernays and his book, Propaganda, I can't recall, is it 1913? I'm not going to pull it up, but it's around then um, that we we really saw the rollout of uh, contemporary propaganda. So old Edward Bernays, Sigmund Freud's nephew, connecting the dots to all sorts of, again, psychological control and how that can be used in marketing contexts. So that's why you see an older man, older woman, and usually a younger man, younger woman giving you the news. That's why you see red as being used in so many marketing campaigns, red, orange, and white. That sort of juxtaposition is often used in there as well. Um, I mean, that's why you're eating bacon and eggs for breakfast. That's why orange juice is marketed somehow as healthy. All these things. Torches of freedom. I mean, that was kind of the claim to fame with old Edward Bernays convincing that uh, wave one of feminism that you know what's really good for you? You know what's going to really stick it to the man? Oh, I know. That's smoking cancer sticks and dying. That'll be real good for you. Oh, yeah, especially if you're a mom. I mean, just smoke away. That means because you got, what does it say there? Expectant mothers crave nicotine yeah i mean i'm sure about like they they crave a 45 caliber bullet slug in the back of their skull they crave that about the same way but i mean juxtapose that to the marketing on the other side of that and it just gives you a a small view into what i'm talking about with marketing death so i mean that's what marketing death's all about folks it is marketing and making more palatable the things that are not palatable. I mean, if you look at monosodium glutamate and how that was used in Asia in uh, concentration, prisoners of war camp, whatever you want to call them, and then that carcinogen put into foods here in the States. Making palatable what is not palatable. That's what MSG was all about. And the same sort of mind games through the linguistic warfare is a technique that they've used at the very least since Edward Bernays. Again, making palatable what is not palatable. And their favorite thing and way to to do this is to just invert 
And I think that plays into the Satanism, that plays into the inversion against Christ, where they invert the meaning of something, a la 1984. If you look at the Patriot Act, it's anything but patriotic. If you look at No Child Left Behind, it leaves children behind. If you look at the Affordable Health Care Act, it's anything but affordable. And the paradox just keeps going on and on and on with the inversion of reality, the linguistic warfare where they trick the individuals into perceiving that something means one thing when in fact it means the inverse of that thing. And I touched on this as well many, many episodes, but the big thing that really gets them off is convincing people to do this to themselves. In much the same way, early 1900s, they were convincing young expectant mothers to smoke cancer sticks and die of lung cancer. They are now convincing those same young expectant mothers to take the PSYOP-19 vaccine. So that's where the real stimulation lies. Can, can they convince the general public to do something abhorrible? that will decimate, destroy, and utterly kill you against your will, that's one thing. But if they can convince you to do that willingly, I think that's where the real occultic power comes from. Because it's one thing to force someone to do it. It's another. And the real occultic power, the energy vampirism of just soul-sucking, bottom feeder, just stench of death, just filth. That's where the power really comes in. They can convince you to destroy yourself. And the marketing of death has gone on so many different levels. If you want to look at it, I mean, we won't have time to iron them all out this evening, but um, man, I don't even know where to start really. But I I always kind of start with the Telecommunications Act uh, under Bill Clinton which allowed the marketing, the direct marketing from pharmaceutical companies to the consumers. So whenever you see all these asinine commercials on Fox News predicated or followed by the this might kill you clause, uh, well, they have to say it, you know, hey, this might kill you. There's all these adverse side effects. Let's line right up for this garbage. Yeah, um, that's Telecommunications Act, Bill Clinton. So, I mean, there's that, but then you also can't say that without also saying the Vaccine Act under Ronald Reagan, which, of course, took any liability off the table for the pharmaceutical industries, uh, most specifically with their vaccination campaigns. So with that, you saw the rise of sudden infant death syndrome. You saw the spike of autism. You saw just these astronomical numbers of people dying and becoming irrevocably damaged due to these things. That's just one lens of this, folks. That's one lens of marketing death. That's one lens of saying, here, here's something that'll kill you. Try this. I mean, they were mailing out in the mail Prozac in the early 1980s saying, hey, try this. This might help you out. We're talking about speed here, folks. But the sad thing is that's marketing death. That just completely fries people. I mean, I know a personal story from a friend of mine who I call a brother, which I won't even get into. His uh, his familial... <clears throat> I just won't get into it. But 
the the problem lies in exactly what I just said that direct marketing that putting all these putting all these children in the the mid to late 70s and all throughout the 80s and and today contemporaneously giving them speed because they're hyperactive they got ADD they got ADHD and so forth and so on even though the guy that invented the term said it was Boulder Dash but then there's that again marketing death and then you could roll into the obvious with the cigarette ads and the alcohol ads. I mean, when I was a kid, you saw ads for beer. Now you see ads for every alcoholic beverage under the sun. Marketing, death. And then they have the audacity to say, drink responsibly. Come on down and, and just get your to- get yourself totally sauced because we've normalized, standardized, and homogenized this. Eight days a week and twice on Sunday in the media. All forms of it. The movies, the television shows, the streaming shows, the music. Every single form normalizes. It's normal to be a drunk piece of druggy trash. Just grow up and be a drunk piece of druggy filth. I mean, I realize this was occurring before the 1960s, but the 1960s is when this exploded. The normalization of this exploded. Thanks, CIA. They were the ones pushing this on college campuses, right? Electric Kool-Aid acid test. Just happened to have some CIA connections, right? Just total happenstance. We're shipping drugs in in body bags and in the cavities of of soldiers, Iran-Contra. Just happens that we have a crack, crack epidemic in the 1980s. Just so happens... We got all these people, these CIA planes running drugs over the border. Just so happens we are marketing death to you. We are normalizing this death lifestyle. We are marketing this death lifestyle. I mean, I I touched on the rock and roll, but the whole impetus of the counterculture was predicated on marketing death. Marketing... Everything that you thought was legitimate is a bunch of bull. Mom and dad in the home, raising kids, growing up, coming home to a dinner, coming home to two parents in the home. All this is Boulder Dash. We're marketing death. Hey, we're going to introduce the pill. Hey, we're going to introduce no-fault divorce laws. Hey, we're going to introduce murdering your children under the guise of of abortion. Hey, we're going to introduce this whole slew of countercultural icons through every form of media imaginable, just like Edward Bernays did with Torches of Freedom. Yeah, that's what he was doing, Torches of Freedom. He was one of those first frontrunners getting the cult of celebrity involved in marketing to you. In the early 1900s, they didn't stop doing it. They just kept on doing it. They kept doubling down, tripling down, and so forth and so on until every cultural icon is a drunk, druggy, adulterous, non-Christian, satanic, pro-abortion, pro-death, pro-communism, piece of utter trash. That is marketing death. Marketing death. They thought it was a little bit too overt to come out with uh, Church of Satan, I suppose, in the early 1960s and really mainstream that. But it wasn't too overt to have do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law on the vinyl for Led Zeppelin 3. 
It wasn't too overt to have Aleister Crowley on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It wasn't too overt to have all these celebrity icons gravitationally, subtly, just like that old boiling frog in the pot, start to pull towards Eastern religions, towards Satanism, towards Crowleyism. All this marketing death. I'm not even going to get into the rap and hip-hop thing. I mean, I covered that a little bit in the last show. I think it's self-evident. Viacom. Come on. I mean, we could do a whole other show and talk about that again. Viacom controlling MTV, controlling VH1, controlling all these major media monopolies that were in control of pushing that next generational 80s pop culture, pop cultural phenomenons, the pop cultural stars, all of it. Marketing death. Then you roll into Columbine, and you got all kinds of fishy connections there, but I guess we can't talk about that because we can't talk about the, uh, the uh, what's the one in SD? The one uh, that's so scary that nobody can even say it anymore, I guess. So we can't talk about SD. You think we can talk about Columbine and how we had multiple shooters that weren't identified as the two uh, patsies? Multiple, multiple students saying, yeah, it was guys with buzz cuts gunning down people. We got rounds that did not match anything found on the scene. Where could they have come from? Would they got like a, a munitions ferry just throwing out rounds? Is that what's going on now? So after that, we got all sorts of uh, <clears throat> suicide and death training in the schools. How'd that work out? Well, the numbers jumped just like they knew it would. Big surprise, isn't it? Big old shockeroo. Once again, we are marketing death. Marketing death. We had the supposed age of decadence in the 80s. And then this supposedly saving of rock and roll by the grunge era of the 90s. Yeah, because everybody was just so tired of having a good time and having money and living a good life that they really wanted to delve into heroin and uh, be depressed and downtrodden in the 90s. Is that it? I got to be real with you folks. I mean, I, I liked a handful of the mess that came out of the 90s. But overwhelmingly, it was dung. If you look at the wreckage from that era, if you look at all the contrived stars from that era, I think the death toll, the drug toll, the the just debauchery toll speaks for itself. And I'm not suggesting that that didn't happen in the 80s, because it did. Happened in every era of rock and roll. But I will say that the the bands of the 80s and the 70s, a lot of them are still around. They might be older, they might be fatter, they might be not as healthy as they should or could be. But you can't say the same for the 90s acts, can you? We're not going to be seeing a whole heck of a lot of reunion shows from any of the 90s bands, I can tell you that. Thankfully, because I didn't want to hear the crud again in the first place, but uh, sadly, it's because most of them are dead. 
Only so much of that depression, suicide, and heroin you're going to take until you you see the fruits of that labor. It all comes to fruition at some point in the game. Those chickens all come home to roost. And unfortunately, it, it comes home to roost in the form of death. It's the marketing of death in a death culture, in a death society. Over 70 million domestically murdered children. That's a death society. That's marketing death. That's convincing multiple generations that babies aren't babies. They're not humans. They're clumps of cells. That is marketing freaking death. Convincing kids in the inner city that gangster rap is the way to go so you can, what, murder people and go to prison and, and have unrequited anal sex? That's marketing death. The gay lifestyle that we see promulgated now so often in the media, that gay lifestyle promulgates and is a consequence of marketing death. I mean, the AIDS epidemic was primarily affecting one element of the society. Marketing death. By saying, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Come on down to the bathhouses here in Chicago, New York, and do what you want. Come on over to uh, Studio 54 and do what you want. That indulgence, that decadence, that uh, promiscuity, that hallmark of do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law is marketing death. Just as the advent of this huge monkeypox outbreak, it's affecting the same, same elements, marketing death. But you got Pride Month saying get out there and do what you want in front of everybody and everybody's got to accept it. That's marketing death, folks. That's marketing death eight days a week and twice on Sunday. There ain't no getting around it. That's marketing death. Because at a certain point, folks, God is only going to take so much blasphemy and so much repulsion and revulsion against his word, and he's going to pull back the hands of protection. And you're going to get what you deserve. You are going to get those chickens coming home to roost. You are going to see the separation of wheat from chaff. And sadly, you're going to see all the victims fall to the marketing of death, to all the things that I've just mentioned and oh, so much more. It's marketing the death. It's normalizing eugenics. It's normalizing an unseen holocaust. Just because we're not stocking bodies in a pit and having gas chambers does not mean it's not a holocaust. But it's exactly what you would expect when your culture has been marketing death for so long. That's just what you expect, folks. You can't do everything, but you can do something. Please try. Be safe out there, and I'll be seeing you sooner than later in the Anomic Age. Thank you for listening to The Anomic Age, a John Age project. 
For past shows, further info, and to comment, go to anomicage.com. That's A-N-O-M-I-C-A-G-E.com. Till next time, thank you for listening to The Anomic Age. Thank <laughs> you.